good to see you this morning. It's good to start our series this morning, which we've been kind of pushing back. Yeah, we're actually going to start it this morning. Surprise, surprise. We're actually going to do it. Who knows how far we'll get into it this morning, though, because um, I don't have any questions built into the lesson, but I do want to encourage you, if I say something that, that uh, you know, jumps out at you or you have a question, raise your hand. Let me know. And if it's, if it's a good question, we'll, we'll talk about it. If it's not, we'll, we'll all point at you and laugh, and we'll move on. No, we, I won't point at you and laugh. But uh, yeah, I'd love to have your feedback right away, too. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about the Spirit himself before we get into the fruit of the Spirit. So the first part of this lesson is going to be the Spirit. And then the second half is going to be love, the first in the list there of the fruit of the Spirit, love. But um, if I were to ask you, I, I, I guess I'll just do it this way. If I were to ask you a question, what is one of the major roles that the Spirit plays in your life as a Christian? Would you say guidance? Yeah, yeah. Guiding? Okay, guiding you? Okay. And comfort, okay. A comforter, he's a, he guides. Anybody else? Jeff? Okay. Okay. So he's he's working through the word and, and making this this word here applicable to your everyday life. Okay. Makes life sweeter. Yeah. Sure. He makes life sweeter. Yeah. Yes. Ah, that's that's an important part of that, isn't it? Yeah. If you've been there where where you're praying and you don't know, and, and it's, I've, I've been there too, and you just, communication fails, but you're trying to communicate. Spirit helps with that communication with God. That's an awesome aspect of the Spirit. Confirmed. Okay. All right. And, and how about this? Do you guys think that part of the Spirit's work in us is to help us look more like Jesus? Character formation is one of the things that I think the Spirit is definitely involved in with you and me, is helping us look more and more like Jesus Christ. And how he does that through the Word, he, he reveals things to us through the Word as we're, as we're in the Word, as we're praying, as we're doing all the things that we're doing, the Spirit working in conjunction with us, and we're being led by the Spirit. He's helping form in us a Christ-like character. And I think that's, that's what Paul is saying here in Galatians, that you can have a Christ-like character through the Spirit. But I myself have tried to put things in, in certain boxes and categories before you probably have too, and, and try to just to understand better what it is I'm doing and, and who it is I say I believe in and, and the Spirit. And sometimes the Spirit is hard to pen down for me, how he works and things, and, and, and sometimes... I've had a tendency to try and nail everything down, and I feel good when I've nailed everything down. I feel confident that I've got it all you know, wrapped up in this nice, neat little bow. But the bow does come unraveled every once in a while, reminding me that I'm not able to nail down everything here. I'm not going to understand everything, and I need to be okay with that. At the same time, trying to understand God and His Spirit and how He works is a good thing, but... Like I've said before, and like other people have said here before, 
this new life, this new man is not so much a dot, 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 follow this, follow this, follow this, as it is a spirit-led life, a spirit-filled life, a Christ-led life, a life that looks like Jesus Christ. That's where it all really hinges. But again, sometimes that's, that's a little fuzzy for some people and, and, and sometimes hard to nail down and can make me uncomfortable sometimes. I know. Maybe you uncomfortable too. So if we get uncomfortable in this series about the Spirit, that's fine. Let's get uncomfortable together and we'll, we'll work it out together. We'll talk about it. We'll, we'll explore the Spirit and how He works. But I think one of the things that Paul is saying here, and I think one of the things, like I said, that the Spirit does for us is character formation. He helps us become a better vessel for Jesus Christ, a man or a woman who looks more and more like Jesus each day. That's how the Spirit looks. I want to share a quote with you that I found in a book that I was reading that Tom let me borrow, and I found very, very amazing. I, I like the quote, and I want to use it this morning. So listen to these words here. See if you... If you don't agree, it says under the New Testament, all is different, not conformity. It's a relationship with a person. You guys agree with that so far? It's a relationship with a person. We've, we've talked about that many times. Bill talks about that in his class. It's, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what this is all about. Not my failure. It's his success. It's not me working for God. It's God working through me. It's not service under the oldness of the letter. It's service in the newness of the spirit. It's not the letter, but the spirit. Not death, but life. Not I, but Christ. Not trying, but trusting. I like that quote. I like, I like what he says there. It, it boils down for me, too, the way I think the spirit is working here. It's, it's, it's a contrast between... The two things that Paul here, if you, if you got your Bibles open to Galatians 5, it's a contrast, a drastic contrast between the stuff that we can produce and the stuff that the Spirit produces. And, and look at verse well, 19 where he says, Now the deeds of the flesh are evident. We won't go through all those deeds again because there's quite a few of them. There's a lot of those there. And that's, that's what you and I can produce. I can produce those things. I have produced some of those things. And as, as a human being, we get kind of good at producing some of these things. And we can do them well. And some of them feel good. And some of them you want to produce. But that, when I look at, at my life and how I produce, it, Paul boils it down to a very succinct image here. This is what you can produce. You produce these things. But what does God produce through you? Something that you don't get to produce. When we're connected to that vine, when we're connected to Jesus Christ, what do we produce? And that's as he continues on after he lists the things that I can produce. In verse 22, he says, the fruit of the Spirit is this. But the fruit of the Spirit is this. There's a whole different life that you can lead. But I don't get to produce those things, actually. It's, it's God producing them through me. It's the Spirit producing them through me. It's Jesus producing them through me. And I am that vessel that he's going to work through. Right? John 15. What, is, what do you guys remember about John 15 when Jesus is talking to his disciples there? What does he say about being in him? I am the vine and you are the branches. Apart from me? Yeah. You, apart from him, we're in trouble. Apart from the vine, 
we're in big trouble. But that, that vine dresser will take care of us too, won't he? He'll tend to the vine. He'll, he'll, he'll nurture it. He'll take care of it. He'll help that vine or those branches produce. And that's what Paul is saying here. If you want to be a part of this vine, then you can be producing this stuff through the Spirit. The Spirit will produce this through you. What I like about that is when you go back up to the deeds of the flesh, a lot of that's for my own glory, for my own pleasure, for what I want. But when you get down to the fruit of the Spirit in 22, whose glory is going to be attained here? Jesus, God's glory, right? It's not my glory that we're looking for here when we're talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Not my glory, it's God's glory. He's going to be producing in us what we could never produce ourselves. That's, that's what the Spirit does for me and you. He produces in us what we could never, ever produce ourselves. Sure, we can love somebody, we can have joy, we can have peace, but this kind of love, joy, and peace is a different kind of love, joy, and peace. This kind of kindness, this kind of goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control, they, they can all be ours on a limited basis, perhaps, in real life here. But if we want the essence of what God is and who he can make us become, then we have to let him produce in us. In fact, what does Jesus say his disciples will be known for? Do you remember? They will know you by your love. They'll know you by your love. Again, going back to, you know, this is not a Old Testament type religion. I, they won't know me by how much I can quote the Bible. It's great to quote the Bible. It's great to know where things are. But what are they going to know me for? How are they going to know I'm a disciple of Jesus? By my love. Not by I can slap Romans something on you or I can, I can tell you where that verse is if you're looking for it. That's great to know. But what God says, what Jesus says is you're going to be known by your love. And it's interesting that he's talking to the disciples there and he's saying, he doesn't say they're going to know you by how many times you've resurrected somebody from the dead. They're going to know you by how many, how many people you've healed. Those things all work to confirm the word of God, yes. But why are they going to know the disciples even back then? By their love. It's the same, same for me and you. I like that. He levels the playing field even back then. It's not about the, the raising from the dead. It's not about the healing. It's about the love between you and God, which moves out to... You and man. Love. By love. And this is God's answer to the old man. If we've ever wondered, if you've ever wondered, I've, I know I've wondered, how do I get these things, the love, joy, peace, patience? How do, I, how do I have more of this in my life? God says, here's my answer for you. What's the answer to get more of this? What's God's answer? Anybody? I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. More time in his word, okay. Jeff, did you say something? Yeah, all the prompting of the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we grieve him by the mouth. Okay. Yeah, being led by the Spirit. Yeah, and, and that's that's where I'm trying. I'm I'm thinking we're spending more time in his word because we are taking advantage of the spirit that he's giving us. He says, The old man is a problem for you. I know it is. So how can we take it care of this old person? We give you, I give you excuse me, my, my spirit. I'm going to give you my spirit. I'm going to put my spirit in you. That's going to help you with that old man problem. Without the spirit in us, 
The old man is going to keep winning every single time. It's going to keep beating me up every single time. It's going to keep me on the wrong track every single time. The one thing that God says here, let me give you this. Let me give you my spirit. I'm going to put that in you. That's going to help you with this old man, new man. Because this spirit is going to form you. He's going to transform you. He's going to work you into the image of my son over and over again. When I was reading the book that Tom let me borrow, he used an analogy that I really like because I have a currently, I've had teenagers and I currently have one teenager. And I remember my teenage years still. I remember how stinky I was as a boy and how I didn't care what I smelled like. My parents cared what I smelled like, but I didn't care what I smelled like. And not to throw Ty under the bus, but sometimes he doesn't care what he smells like. And I care what he smells like, especially when he comes up to me. At least once or twice a week, I say, you you take a shower first. Go hit the showers first. And Ty doesn't care. Do you, Ty? No, he doesn't care. He doesn't care what he smells like. You go take a shower. I I want you to smell good. I want, you to, I want you not to offend every single nose that you come in contact with. If we're going out, you better smell good. I, we turned around. We were going to get our hair cut. Sorry I'm telling on you, Ty, but you're the only teenager I have currently. We're going to get our hair cut, and I started down the road, and all of a sudden I smelled, oh, that's a teenage boy. Mm. I said, did you shower? Yeah, I showered. I said, no, you didn't. No, you did not shower. No, you did, you, you did not shower. And I turned around, went back, cleaned himself up, and it was a little better. But it still wasn't to my, you know, standard of, of not smelling bad. But we still went anyway. But it, it improved a little. But I have to force him, and I had to be forced at some point in my life, too, to clean myself up. But this author is talking about the fact that, you know, eventually the teenager discovers that, oh, it's good to smell good. The opposite sex is actually attracted to me more when I don't smell horrible. Ah, this might improve my chances here in certain areas of life. You know, things start clicking and and I, I want to actually do this instead of my dad told me to go and is making me clean myself up. There's a change in a, I have to do this to, oh, I see the benefits of doing this. I want to do this. And you see the Old Testament, and if it's too simple, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of I have to's. But when you come here to the New Testament and the spirit of the law, the, the, the spirit of life, all of these things, there's a, oh, I see the benefit of. I, I see, I want to. Right, I, I want to do this. Why do I want to do this? Because he's put his spirit in me. And there's a, there's a oh, I do see the benefit of that. I do understand why I should smell better. It does make sense. Bill was talking this morning about you, you, you walk this way and you do these things because you don't want to go the other way. You want to agree with God. You want to, to follow the Spirit. You want to be led by Him. We make mistakes, but this, this transition from I have to to now I want to opens up a whole new world. And I think that's part of what Paul's world here is he's saying your old world is involved all of these things that you can produce and your new world is going to involve what the spirit can now produce through you and you're going to see the benefits of it and you're going to want it 
You're going to want to have the Spirit working in your life and moving and transforming you and changing you. And that's why when he gets to the fruit of the Spirit that the Spirit can produce, he starts off with love. Anybody, why do you think he starts off with love? Do you think that was just a, that's the first word that came to his mind? Or is there maybe a, a reason why love might be the first in the list? Or does it even matter? Greatest of these is love. Okay. God is love. Okay. Anybody else? I mean, those are two good. We, we could stop right there, really. Those are, those are two excellent reasons why love would be the very first thing. What holds all of this together? Love. What unites love? Like Bill said, what is God? Love. And it's so much more than just God is love. I mean, love, God is the very essence of love. When you really start thinking about love and God, without God there is no, no love. Period. God is the essence of love. Not just a loving God, but he is the very essence of love. Everything hangs on love, right? Matthew 22, when you're talking about this, this law, what, whatever, what hangs on that? Loving God and then loving your neighbor as yourself. Love is an essential quality that the Spirit produces through us. But the love that I have is not like the love that God has. But anybody else, do you agree with that? The love that I usually possess as a human being is a little bit different than what God has. A lot, a lot different. Okay. Yeah, a lot different, to be quite honest. Yeah, a lot different. I've got a very need love, and, and it's, I, I have needs. And I, I, I like to be loved. I want to be loved. I want to have love returned to me. I, I do things to get love returned to me. It's, it's a tit for tat. It's a, you do this for me, I'll do that for you. But the love that God has is so vastly different. What was that, Jeff? Agape love, yes. Vastly different than my kind of love. My natural love. No, he, and he, yeah. I, I do bargain for love. Yeah. But the love that God has is different. And the love that he's going to produce through us, I think, is also different. That selfish love is not going to be produced in me. When I think about Jesus dying on the cross, that's not selfish love. That's selfless love. That's, a, that's, a, that's our Lord and Savior saying, you hate me and you crucify me, but I still love you enough to go through this. I would not do that as a human being. If you hate me, you, you have less chance of me dying for you. Like Jesus says, you know, I, I, I'm, you might die for a good man, but I'm not dying for somebody that hates me. Did you have your hand up, Emily? Okay. Do not even go together at all. <laughs> okay. I think you're the love you have versus what God has. Mm-hmm. You know, because we're told that love our neighbor as ourselves, which yeah. we read just a little while ago. Um, you know, the love you have for yourself is the same love he's telling us to love other people with. Mm-hmm. That's the main. Right. So the love you have for your kids, you know, it's not a tit-for-tat kind of love. That's not the kind of love. Well, there is different kinds of love, that's for sure. The love I'm describing is that selfish love where I need to, be, I need to have a certain amount of return for my love or I, I'm not going to extend my love to you. In, in my case, some of my love has been conditional, yes. Yes. My, if, if you don't love me, 
There's, a, there's less of a, for the natural love, if you don't love me, there's less of a chance that I'm going to love you. I'm talking about love that is not God love, not the agape love. I'm talking about just your regular, yeah, brotherly love, your, your eros, your storge, all of this stuff that, that's, that's this love that has some conditions on it. I love my family more than I love other families. I'll die for my son before I die for anybody else's son. No, I, I would say mine is not conditional, but at the same time, I think our love for family can be conditional sometimes. I, I think we have some families that, that do have that conditional love, that it's, if you don't do what I say, I don't love you. And that, I've seen that in some families, and it's, that's not good love. That's not real love. That's, yeah. Well, it's, it's not love, but we, we, we sometimes package it up as love in this world. We see, we see sex sold as love and acceptance, and love is, is a bad term maybe in, in, in English language. We say love for everything. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's, there's the human love, and then there's the God love that he produces, and I think this God love that he produces through the Spirit in us, this agape love that is... A godlike love is vastly different from any kind of love that I have on this earth that I would have without him. Did somebody have a hand up over here? I thought I saw a hand out of the corner of my eye. No. Okay. All right. So this, this love here, if, if, if I answer that, does anybody else have any thoughts or comments on, on what Emily was saying? Well, our, our love would never compare to God's love. No. No. I could never compare our love to God's love. Right. But God's love is unconditional. God's love, yeah. Well, it is. It is vastly different. It, it is a love that says, like in Romans five, when Jesus is is described as loving us while we were yet sinners. We we were enemies of God, and He says, "I love you enough to to do what I'm going to do to offer you a chance to to come into My kingdom. I still love you." I think, in, like he says in, in Timothy, I, he loves everyone. He desires that everybody should be saved. He, there's a love for, for human beings that God has that's not a reciprocal love. He doesn't actually need me or you. Right. He doesn't need my love. But he's saying this is available. Right. I, I, I have a need for love sometimes, and my love is conditional. My love is not perfect like God's love is. It is not agape all the time. But this is the kind of love that, that I think he produces through us, through the spirit, the agape love. He's motivated by that love, which is why he planned the plan that he planned from the beginning to save us and to bring us back into his kingdom. Yeah, when we were sheep without a shepherd, Isaiah 53, 6, right? We're wandering away, sheep without a shepherd, but he loves us. Romans 5, 6, he loves us enough to die for us while we're enemies. Jesus, motivated by that love, by the Spirit, that's what he's, I think he's, he's saying. It can be produced through me and you. That kind of love here in verse 22 is what the Spirit can produce, a God-like love in me. That's, well, I think somebody already said, the greatest of these is love, referring to 1 Corinthians 13, right? That, that's a God-type love there that, is, that Paul is laying out. Love is not this. It's not selfish. It's not arrogant. It's not boastful. It's all of these things, it's not all of these things, excuse me. That's a God-type love that Paul says you can have. But how do I have that? 
Not naturally. I'm not naturally wired to love that way. I have to be, have that produced in me and through me by the Spirit to love on, on, in, in that terms, in a First Corinthians type term. In fact, unless somebody has a, a thought or comment there, I think one of the things that, that Art was covering Wednesday night is a perfect example of the, the natural love and God love. Because we were looking at Hosea. And you see, his wife has this natural, I need these things. And I, I'm, I'm looking for love in all the wrong places, right? I'm all over the place looking for love. And God is saying, that's not love. Let me show you what love is. You go do this, Hosea. You go get her. You go pay for her. Nobody wants her anymore, but you go pay for her. You go buy her back, and you love her. And he's showing the love for his people through their relationship. And I think you see that. That's a perfect example of the kind of love that you can have naturally versus the God love that Hosea has and is demonstrating as God is telling him to do these things with his wife. And God is saying, I have for my people this kind of love that loves you even when you hate me that loves you when, when your sacrifices are, are just annoying to me and, and you don't really want to sacrifice to me. You don't really want to do this. But I love you anyway. I have that need sometimes that, that his wife had. I have those big needs to fill. But this love is different. The fruit of the Spirit is love, that agape love, that God-like love that can be produced in you and me. And that Spirit produces and generates it through us. Anybody thinking anything right now about that? What are your thoughts about the Spirit producing love through you? It lets us see people in a different light. Okay. It lets us look at people the way God would look at people. It enables us to, to see how God sees in a very limited fashion, obviously, because we're human beings. But there's a glimpse of, this is how God would look at Tom. This is how God would look at you and me. This is how God would look at the guy on the, on the corner. This is how God would look at those people who need help. This is how God looks at the people who hate him. It gives you a, a limited view of how God looks at me and you and everybody else. Anybody else? That love changes lives. That love changed our lives. That love changed our lives from the very beginning. And if, when we start having this love produced in us, it changes not only our life, but it changes the lives of the people around us as we touch them by using this agape love, this God-like love that is willing to do for others what I wouldn't normally be willing to do, is willing to put you first, is willing to do like, like Jesus did, would die for you, would sacrifice for you, and not want anything in return. That's that God-like love. And I'm, I was looking at my, my, in Galatians 5, look over there in verse 6. And Paul talks about this, this problem, obviously back then, the big problem with circumcision and groups of people saying you have to be circumcised to follow Christ, and a huge 
problem in the church back then. But in verse 6, he's summing up that same problem. And he's saying, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What means everything then? Faith working through love. That faith of the justified, through the, the sanctified, through the people that are washed, working through love. It, that faith demonstrates itself through love. How do, I, how do they know that I'm a disciple of Jesus? By my love. That faith that I have is proven, it, it is demonstrated by the love that I have produced in me and through me by the Spirit here in verse 22. That spirit that, that is going to produce all of these things in me. Amen. And listen to that quote again really quickly. Because I think that, that quote was powerful. And when we're talking about having this produced through us, this faith uh, enabling us and, and, and producing through us and the spirit producing in us and through us, under the New Testament, all is different. It's not conformity. It's what? A relationship with a person. It's not failure. It's his success. It's not me working for God, but it's God working through me. Amen. It's not service under the oldness of the letter. It is service in the newness of the spirit. It's not the letter, but the spirit. It's not death, but life. It's not I, but Christ. It's not trying, but trusting. It's amazing is what it is. That love of God is amazing. And the fact that the spirit is willing and able with us and through us to produce a godlike love that I think serves as the foundation for the rest of these things that comes after it. Like you've already said, the greatest of these is love. They'll know us by their love, or by our love. It hinges on love. It hinges on this agape love, this God-like love, that is all of the things that, that he is and demonstrates to us on a daily basis. But as we, as, how do we get that love? How do, we, how do we let the Spirit produce in us this love? What do you guys do to let the Spirit work through you and produce this kind of love? Or what don't you do? What? Service others. Service others? Okay. You use yourself as a, as a vehicle to service to other people. You allow the Spirit to work through you and show you things that you need to do and, and do those things, and you're Jesus to them in that situation. Okay. Jeff? Okay. So sometimes you say, you know, like the old commercial health thing, I needed that. You know, stop in the face type thing. Okay. To uh, get spiritual and walk away from the flesh. To remember whose you are and, and to stop. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Rather than producing what you know you can produce, you are actively trying to remember and, and engage the spirit and allow him to produce through you. Okay. Anybody else? Having the mind of Christ. Having the mind of Christ. So, so yes. Which was awesome. Also in right. So, so. Yes. And then he goes on to list that, that mind and tell us how to have that mind. Yes. A mind of Christ. Yes. Allowing the Spirit to work through us, lead us. Produce through us this love that, that is, lays the foundation for the rest that comes after that. Do you guys find that in your prayer life? Being led and, and having a close prayer life helps produce this love that, 
that the Spirit can produce in us? A prayer, a close prayer life with Jesus, yes. with God? Yes. Necessary. It, yeah, it's essential, isn't it? A close prayer life is essential to have this type of, of working with the Spirit and, and working hand-in-hand hand with the Spirit as He is producing and, and transforming us into Christ. Like, like Jeff said, being closer in mind and, and deed and you, the, the, having the mind of Christ, where do we understand the mind of Christ? Well, His Word is where we understand the mind of Christ. Being closer to the Word on a daily basis and, and being in that Word so that we know what the mind of Christ looks like. When we see the, Him in the Gospel accounts and we see the life of Jesus and we see how to be more like Him and allowing the Spirit to work in us and, and transform us into that. The closer our relationship with Jesus, the better we are going to produce this love. Amen. The better the Spirit is going to be able to work through us and produce a love that, that looks like a God-like love. Otherwise, I'm going to be stuck in the love that I can naturally produce, and that doesn't even come close to the God-like agape love that I need, that I need to have as a Christian. The closer the Spirit is to us, the closer we are to the Spirit, and the closer to God and Jesus we are, the closer relationship we have, then we start producing these types of things. And they'll know us by our love, our faith working through love. I'm going to say right off that, that this, this series is going to be probably, for some, okay, and for some, it's going to fall flat. Because as I'm studying and restudying and, and rereading and, and trying to understand the Spirit, I, I don't have all the answers. I know that comes as a shock to you. It, does, it did to my, my kids, too, that I don't have all the answers. God has all the yes, but I don't have all the answers. I, I am I am actively looking for your input as well when we're when we're going through this, how the Spirit produces in us love. I know I need to be closer to Jesus. I know I need to look like Him more and more each day. I know I need to be closer to Him in prayer. I need to be closer to Him in His Word. I need to have a better relationship with Him every day. I know that much, and that's a that's good. But I'd be interested to hear what you, how you live, how you actively are working with and, and combining with the Spirit here so that love is produced in you. I want to be able to share ideas and thoughts with you throughout the lessons and beyond. But I, I don't know all the answers. I just hope that, that as I grow deeper with Jesus, that his love becomes more and more apparent in me. And I start, like Tom says, seeing people more consistently with the eyes of Christ and the eyes of God, that agape love that we all need to have. So this week, I ask you to, to look over this first fruit, if you will, this first part of the fruit, this love, and share with me your ideas, your thoughts, your, your musings about the Spirit working in you and, and, and transforming you and Jesus being shown in you through your love. Share those with me this week. I'd love to hear them as we get ready for the next week and continue on our talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Show people your love. Look like Jesus more this week as we stand and as we sing.